Field just outside of Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, USA, with miles of wires and thousands of volts. We transmit worldwide. WTWW Lebanon, Tennessee, United States of America. Welcome to the Digicom Cafe, located at the intersection of faith and technology. We hope you enjoy your cafe experience where we cater to your digital and spiritual appetites and build interest in the amateur radio hobby, one story at a time. Please stand by as we get ready to launch this episode of Radio on the Rocks. You are about to listen to a Radio on the Rocks cafe cast with your host, Denny J, K5DCC, in the Digicom Cafe Communications Network. Enjoy Denny's reality radio activities of the day, including cafe news and updates, on-air contacts on satellites, and conversations on a myriad of RF and digital communications platforms, including guest interviews of amateur radio operators from around the world. So, pull up a chair, enjoy some cafe on ice, and fill up your glass with some radio on the rocks. Welcome to another episode of Radio on the Rocks. Today's episode is going to be a Cafe Cast interview with Steve Dunbar, K1GMM, Golf Mike Mike of uh, Vermont, Danby, Vermont. I uh, met Mike on AMSAT Satellite Pass AO92 this morning. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do today when I woke up was I thought I'm going to make uh, a couple of contacts of people that I work on the birds and uh, see if they'd be interested in doing an interview. So uh, after working Stephen here, I went ahead and uh, sent him an email, asked him if he'd be available for an interview, and he responded positively and said, you bet. So let's call up Steve, K1GMM, and learn a little bit more about him. Stand by. Okay. Hey, there we go. K1GMM, K5DCC. Good to talk to you again, Steve. Hey, good to, good to hear you, Denny. It's been a long time. It what, has. Two, two years, probably. Has it been that long? I know we got together uh, over All-Star, I believe, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, that was back when I first got an All-Star four years ago. And then I think like a year or two later, we ran into each other again. I may have tracked you down down there at one point. I'm not sure, but how you been? I've been doing good, and what a surprise to hear you on the bird. Yeah, that was it was funny because I couldn't. I heard you, and I thought, hmm, that's a five. So I looked you up on QRZ, and I saw your name, and I went, I know, I bet you he changed, he upgraded, or he he got a vanity call or something. Sure enough, it was uh, K. I saw KD5DLJ in the. Uh, description there so yep. i knew it was you yep well we upgraded to extra class here a couple of months back and uh with that decided to go for a uh, one by three call with the dcc to fit with the uh, digicom cafe so uh anyway been having fun with that and by the way i am recording now so uh the interview is ongoing <laughs> so okay yeah yeah go go ahead hit me with whatever you got i'm, I'm a little <laughs> I'm a, little, I'm a little curious as to what you got going. I'm actually pushing a live stream, too, right now. So the guys, I'm going to pr promote what you're doing. I figured let's kill a bunch of birds with one rock and uh, just let everybody know what you're doing, and then you can move on with whatever you're doing, if you don't mind. I don't mind at all. In fact, we just had a great uh, QSO with Eric uh, of the QSO Today program. Uh, he's got a podcast he's had for four years, and uh, I interviewed him for my show last Monday. He enjoyed it so much, he asked if he could use our interview for his podcast. And it was kind of off the rails, as he said, uh, because he's normally very thorough and organized. Uh, the people he interviews, he has prepared questions and gives them a couple of days where I'm more free-flowing and uh, I like to do it off the cuff. And so uh, my name's Denny. My call sign's K5Delta Charlie Charlie. I'm the creator and host of the Digicom Cafe, which is just my virtual cafe. Uh, my podcasts uh, 
One of them is called uh, Digicom Cafe uh, Radio on the Rocks, and it's just my reality radio program where uh, I put up uh, interviews and all kinds of my amateur radio activities on a daily basis. And also, now that I've gotten into satellites, I have another one I call My Favorite Pastime. And so uh, what I want to start doing is uh, when I make contacts with guys on the bird, I uh, do a couple of FM birds are my favorites, AO91 and AO92. And I want to start contacting the people that I make contact with on the birds and uh, set them up for just a quick impromptu interview. And so that's why I contacted Steve. Uh, I know we've touched base a couple years ago, as he said. Uh, but there are so many fun aspects of ham radio, and I'm so thrilled to meet Steve again on The Bird. How long have you been doing satellite, Steve? Not long, Denny. Um, I think I think it started up in August, maybe beginning of August of this year, and it's something that I actually uh, was running my trap on the way up the mountain, and I ended up posting it to YouTube. I had a camera in the truck, and I was going up, I don't know, to work some high elevation portable and I have my daughter with me and I was just talking about you know how when you're a technician class license holder and I, I can only speak for myself but I was chomping at the bit to get into HF and that's all I wanted to do and I think I even mentioned in there uh, satellites and I always wanted to work satellites and I just you know I was so crazy to get into HF I just completely I forgot about it and uh, a friend of mine W4ZXT um, Jared down in Kentucky uh, sent me a video this was back in maybe end of July beginning of August and it just lit the fire and yeah now I'm I built a, a bunch of different antennas uh, systems I have portable systems um, uh, base station here with a remotely driven antenna. Uh, it's basically a three element, two meter quad with a seven element UHF Yagi built into the center of it. And it has, I'm using a channel master for a rotator. And it also has an elevation, uh, a, a home built, homebrew elevation rotator and pitch adjustment rotator on it. So the ante whole antenna will tilt side to side 45 degrees each way. And it's all driven from the shack here. So I, yeah. If you want it, that's that's it in a nutshell. Go ahead. Wow, <laughs> that's guys. that's amazing. Yeah, you don't have to do what I do. Go out in the cold and the wind. <laughs> in fact, as you were listening, I don't know how much <clears throat> of my uh, last pass you were in on there, but uh, it was pretty windy out, and I'm sure it was cutting down on the uh, quality of the signal of the audio. But uh, anyway, I just have an arrow with a couple of Baofeng UV82s and full duplex, and so uh, if I want to work the birds, I got to go out in the inclement weather. And I've been out there when it's been uh, drizzling a little bit and cold and freezing my tush off. So anyway, today is quite nice, but it is quite breezy. Well, you've got yourself a nice system there. And uh, I remember, as I recall from our past uh, conversations on All-Star, that you were kind of into sound also. And uh, I need to compliment you on the quality of your audio. You must be using a studio mic, EQ'd, and uh, you're sounding fabulous. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I've moved past the point of neurosis <laughs> with, this, <laughs> with this stuff. I, you know, I was uh, really crazy. I, I've really, Jay, Jay and I have pretty much pushed the limits of the 7300. I've had guys ask me if I was actually running in Anon, believe it or not, with the 7300. And wow. I have, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of rack gear running in the background. <clears throat> Um, not expensive stuff, um, mostly Behringer gear. Uh, what makes everything tick, I found, is an Aphex 204. That will, that is the thing that makes everything work. Without that, it's just average. It's actually bypassed right now because if I kicked it in, it would pretty much blow everything up. Um, so, what kind of microphone yeah. are you using? You're gonna love this. It's it's a Charlie Alpha Delta, a CAD, GXL 2200. It cost me sixty bucks, and I put it up against like, you know, three, four, five hundred dollar microphones in the studio. And believe it or not, I prefer this one. 
This thing is a killer, killer wow. microphone. You sound fabulous. I'm using an MXL uh, mic here with uh, Phantom Power, and uh, you're you're killing me. You sound like you're the one that's doing the interviewing here. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Uh, so you're 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 say the arrow. Would you say you're using a couple UV82s? Yep. Um, that. Yep, and that's what I started. Uh, I started with uh, a, what we, a friend of mine, uh, Bill. Uh, oh, I, I can't remember his call. I'm having a brain out here. He's up in northern Vermont. I sent him a picture of it, and he says, "You know what that looks like? A little Derringer." So he nicknamed it the Derringer. Uh, we, I call it the Derringer Pocket Rocket. You can literally take this antenna and stick it in your back pocket. It's a two-element two meter Moxon with a four element hybrid 70 centimeter Moxon built onto the same boom. It's very compact and it all breaks down. And I built it to go into the front of the Can-M Spider. And you can actually break it down in a matter of just seconds, just a couple seconds and stick it in your back pocket. And one of the first contacts I worked on that was uh, Panama. Uh, what is that, a Hotel Kilo or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, on a satellite pass in my front yard on a UV-5R. Wow. <laughs> and my, yeah, my point is is that you don't need a lot um, to do these things, do you? To, no. To work these birds. You know, hearing you describe that reminds me of something I've thought about. Wouldn't it be neat to just have a, an antenna like that, some kind of a 70-centimeter, 2-meter beam that you just screw on your handheld radio and point it at the, the satellite? Is yours that small? It's not quite that small. Oh, okay. Uh, but but it's smaller than its wire. It's built on a piece of half-inch PVC, and it uses fiberglass driveway markers, driveway, uh, fiberglass <laughs> rods. Cool. And, and they just stick in. Uh, I drilled two holes offset uh, for each set of spreaders, and they just plug into the PVC, and the 14-gauge wire runs around it. The, the harness stays connected to it all the time. And, um, yeah, the whole thing just breaks apart, and you can take it and stick it in your back pocket. It's ridiculous. Now, do you need to have a duplexer with that, or do you have two connectors? There's two connectors. Uh, each one is independently fed. And beautiful thing is they're both 50-ohm feed. That's one reason why I built them. And uh, uh, just you can run it. You can run your downlink. Best thing to do would be to run the downlink into the duplexer. Um, and I use one of the little MFJ jobs. Yep, yep. Very cool. Well, I'm glad to see you're into satellites too. But uh, what have you been doing with All Star these days? I know you and your friend were building quite a network there in Vermont. And considering you have all these mountains around you and things, that was kind of a challenge, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's All Star's pretty quiet. <laughs> um, uh, it's really nothing much going on. I think it's kind of like an ebb and flow type thing. Sure. You know, um, system. I'm still in touch with Mike A1PR, and uh, we did what was it September VHF contest together this past this year. But other than that, yeah, All Star's pretty. I'm actually, you know, what I'm looking at doing. I was just telling the guys about this on the stream. Look, I just ordered a, I don't know if you've ever seen these, Denny. It's a Ulephone Armor 3WT, I think it's called. It's basically a network radio PTT cell phone. They're about 270 bucks, And this thing is a monster, dude. It's the first of its kind. It's not even expensive. Toughest phone on the planet, put through torture tests. And I'm thinking about pulling down all the RF links the node here at the house, because I can't run it when I'm working satellites because the descents, it wipes out the downlink, you know? Sure. So uh, I just ordered one of those. So I'm thinking about pulling all the RF side of things down and just running that with DV switch because it's exactly like an HT, except it works through the internet. There you, you know? go. Now you're talking. Yeah. This is the stuff I'm into too. Since uh, we talked last, I've been big into all the digital modes, including Zello, which I understand you have an account there. Uh, but we play yep. with DV Switch. I've got a DV Switch server running here on a Raspberry Pi, and I can get into Brandmeister on DMR and DSTAR, Fusion, P25, NXDN. You know all about that. So very cool. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I, I don't know. 
I, I have to change phones anyways. So I was thinking, well, why don't I get something I can actually use for multiple purposes, right? Right. So this is an Android phone? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Does it have push-to-talk yep. buttons on the side too then? Yes. Yeah, it's got a little antenna. Um, what was it? I was telling the guys, I, I watched a torture test. The only way you could destroy this thing was with, they ran it over with a Humvee and it cracked the glass on the front, but it still lit up. And then they finally were able to completely destroy it with a water jet. They put it into a water jet. And of course, you know, you know what a water jet yeah, does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pretty my. Much cut it in half. But uh, <laughs> yeah, this thing is just insane, man. And it's cheap. It's got an octa-core, what was it, an eight-core, first of its kind, octa-core processor, Android 9.0. It has, good Lord, uh, 14 gigs of RAM, something like that, 14 yep. or six, 16 gigs of RAM, um, 21 megapixel camera. Uh, the thing's just a beast, you know? Yeah. But it, it's not It's not small. It's like yep. 5.8, 5.7 inches the display is, and it's big and it's heavy. It's made out of polycarbonate, um, uh, aluminum alloy chassis, uh, polycarbonate, and the glass, it's that high-end gorilla glass they they tried right. to scratch it scratch it with a nail they couldn't even get through the coating into the glass that came on it with a nail they peeled the coating off of it and then took the nail again and then tried to rip the glass apart and you couldn't even see the scratches in it you'd have to look at it with a magnifying glass to see these fine hairline scratches in it it's things insane yeah I've seen the ads for that thing, uh, I think, last year. So it looks pretty pretty tough, and uh, I know a lot of people have been using it. But I'll tell you, Network Radios has really changed the hobby, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. I don't know that much about it. Um, now, you mentioned, explain a little bit, because there is a guy watching right now, Stuart, and he's he's big into All-Star. You pro well, he knows you, Stuart Thompson. I can't remember his call. He's in the UK, I believe. Right. Yep. I know Stuart. Um, well, you bet. You know. Yeah. Yep. Um, the IAX server you mentioned, can you explain a little bit more? Now, do you have a DMR bridge and all that other stuff running as well? I have a DMR bridge running on my All-Star node in the cloud, and that's bridging to the TGIF network on Talk Group 203. Uh, I have my All-Star node here at home that I connect to the one in the cloud, which then allows me to, you know, use my home simplex repeater and communicate out through DMR and also we're connected to uh, the yacht group yacht conference server on Echolink. but prior to all this uh, we had quite a massive bridge network going on we uh, had all-star connected to DMR DSTAR fusion peanut hamshack hotline Zello and TeamSpeak <laughs> but we found out over the last year that a lot of people aren't too keen on all the bridging because then you have to wait you know five seconds between overs to make sure everything drops and resets and uh, I had enough people complaining about that that I thought you know we've been there we've done that it can be done if you need to but I dropped it all and uh, just went simple just DMR DMR seems to be probably the most popular uh, but we do have many standalone platforms, including Zello. We've got several channels on Zello. Uh, three of them are just uh, Digicom Cafe 1, 2, and 3, just VoIP for anybody, license or no license. And then we have Digicom Cafe-Link, which is uh, you got to be a licensed amateur operator before we trust you to talk in there. And that one can be used for bridging if we decide to do it again in the future. But right now I'm just keeping it a standalone. We also have uh, several other platforms. Uh, we've got our D-Star Reflector. Uh, we've got the DMR Talk Group. We've got uh, a couple other things that are VoIP, but uh, mostly hams. Uh, one of them is called Orion, which uh, is really pretty cool. It has built-in APRS mapping. Uh, we have voice bots that respond to your questions or comments and speak to you. And uh, uh, we're, We've got a, a Discord comm server, I call it. Uh, Digicom Cafe, where people can fellowship together, uh, voice, video, group, single. Uh, we've got several text channels. Uh, one is for AMSAT, actually. And so it's uh, just another way that we can uh, have fellowship together. Uh, we've also got our Facebook group, Digicom Cafe. And uh, I'm on active on 
on Twitter also, so and the website digicomcafe.com, which has my ham buffet menu. And just like any buffet, you come through and uh, you look at all the assortment of goodies and you pick what you want and leave the rest. So we've got something for everybody. And we, like we say, it's uh, uh, it's located at the intersection of faith and technology. So uh, actually, the Digicom Cafe stands for Digital Communications Christian Amateur Fellowship. And so we have a, a very unique mixed group of people uh, from all persuasions or no persuasion. I say everyone's welcome. Uh, radio, no radio, license or no license, faith or no faith. Uh, and we maintain a culture of kindness where everybody learns to listen, acknowledge, and share respectfully. So we don't tolerate any drama, any politics. Uh, if you want that, there's plenty of places to go for it. <laughs> we just want to provide uh, a nice platform, safe platform, particularly young people. And uh, in the true spirit of amateur radio, uh, build international goodwill uh, in spite of all of our different cultural and faith differences so it's a very unique group some people say i'm threading a small needle <laughs> yeah 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 how do you find time i'm retired <laughs> but even still i don't you must be flat out every second of every day oh no 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 i've i've got a balanced life i do a lot of things uh, with friends and family and uh, i step away from it very easily but uh, when when I'm around, this is what I do. I have a passion for radio, and I do what I can to help build interest in our hobby. And uh, I can do it in my own group, my own uh, my own circles, where uh, I can control the uh, quality of the environment. You know, many of us have been in other places in ham radio where people aren't so kind. You know, it's just wherever people are. And so I decided, you know, it's time to do something on my own where I can control it and provide this safer environment for people getting into the hobby and of course we meet so many great people like yourself uh, i just finished a nice interview with uh, rick wy4x but uh, just had a great interview with rick he's uh he's got quite a story to tell too we had almost an hour long in interview there just having fun with the hobby and doing what i can to bring a, a positive influence on it and and i love uh doing these interviews and have people tell their story yeah, really quick, Denny, what is the name of your DMR talk group? It's on the TGIF network. It's uh, talk, okay. group, talk Group 203. Uh, I was on Brandmeister, but because at the time we were doing bridging to things like TeamSpeak and Zello, and they don't approve of that, so uh, we had to move away from Brandmeister, and at that time they were just starting up the TGIF network. And you can learn about them at tgif.network. Good bunch of folks over there with all kinds of talk groups uh, yeah, I've been looking, and I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, you asked about the All-Star system before, and you know how things, I mentioned things, kind of evolve, change. I, I look at it as kind of seasonal, but then you get an occasional person that is a little bit too heavy into the sauce, and they start creating problems, and uh, you know how that goes, and... I just have no use for that. So it's, it's, and you know, to get away from the root, a lot of times these systems can be incredibly rude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I Some know of the it. People on there are, are just impossible. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm always looking for a place to hang my HT. Yeah. You know? Well, you've got your all star nodes. Feel free to connect to uh, our node in the cloud. That's 27619. Uh, we have a couple of great nets throughout the week. In fact, one of them is tonight. It's the Yacht Youth Chat. Uh, Saturday night at 7 p.m. also we have the uh, Yacht Youth Net. And we have kids as young as 7 years old that will blow you away with their knowledge of ham radio. <laughs> These guys are great communicators, brilliant, brilliant kids. And so I want to do what I can to help support young people. And so feel free to jump in, uh, connect with your All-Star Note anytime you like. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, and that's the young people. If if you can get these kids focused and get them away from the carnage that is today, mm -hmm. so to speak, uh, they have a lot to bring to the table, don't they? They sure do. Uh, I'm so blown away. I've interviewed several of these young people. And like I say, their knowledge is uh, it just puts a lot of adults to shame. And their ability to communicate uh, professionally 
many of them are homeschool kids. Uh, that makes a difference. I know some of our kids are homeschooled, our grandchildren. We homeschooled uh, uh, three of ours when they were young. Now they have uh, given us 15 grandchildren, and they're all doing so well. So smart, too. In fact, um, my uh, grandson just down the road got his uh, amateur radio license here uh, well, about four or five months ago. Got his uh, technician, and then a month later got his general and uh, quickly lost interest in ham radio because of his age. I think he's got a lot of things going on in his life, and he's just trying to find his way. But uh, these kids are sharp. Yeah. Yeah, they are. How's your uh, daughter they, doing? Oh, she's doing good. Uh, she's 21. Wow. <laughs> 20, 21 years old now. Unbelievable. Does she have a license? No. she's. I don't know if she remembers. She's oh, yeah, I remember. Syndrome. I remember, yeah. Yeah, and uh, she's still in school. She can stay, I think, one more year. Uh, so they'll keep her, no, two more years? No, one more year, I think. Uh, I'm losing track. I'm getting old and tired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was a question I had. Are you going to, I don't want to make it sound like I'm doing the interviewing. Oh, but that's uh, just a QSO. This isn't just an interview, so you feel free. Okay, uh, are you... Inter do you do the linear birds as well? I haven't gotten to that point yet, and uh, I'm hearing some talk of some other radios that might be good to get. In fact, uh, Rick was telling me about the IC9700, which I just looked at the price tag, and I thought, mm, that's a dream. <laughs> I won't be getting that, uh, but it would be fun. Uh, it takes a, a bit more investment, I think. If you're going to do linears, you've got to have uh, some good antennas. Uh, one thing I am going to do right now, in fact, I'm waiting for a package to come in the mail. Uh, I want to use my computer, my MacBook Pro, running GQRX with my SDR uh, unit here, the new elect. I want to plug that in and see how well that receives uh, some of these birds. I'll use my arrow, and then I can get into the sideband side and just listen for a while and kind of get it figured out. But transmitting, uh, it's going to be a while before I can get an antenna system and controllers like you've got and uh, a good radio that will do, you know, the duplex and sideband. But it sure sounds like a lot of fun. That's what you do, huh? Well, I do. I, I just got back into FM. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I've been, I, I've kind of gotten away from the FM birds um, for a while. They can be a little rough. Like this morning, I was listening this was earlier uh you know how you can get basic basic protocol and in courtesy dictates that you know you really should make maybe one or two contacts but don't hog the satellite right you know what i'm saying don't right. lock it up and right. there's particular particular individuals in there they will crush that thing and you only have 10, 12-minute pass. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and there's a lot of people trying to work it. So, I, you know, th that kind of annoyed me a little bit. But now what I do is the novelty has kind of worn off and I've settled in. And now what I do is I listen for grids that I haven't gotten. Right. And um, I kind of pick and choose. And oftentimes I'll get in there. Someone will call. Uh, I'll put out a call and I'll take a call. And then I'll just let it sit. Right. And the last, I would say, two minutes of the past, all of a sudden, two or three people try to call me. Right. Well, I'll, I'll pick up one more, but I'm going to ignore the rest of them. Right. You know what I mean? Just right. Because, and what that does is it creates a thirst for the next pass. You kind right. of see what I'm saying? Yep. Um, but, but yeah, I got into the linear birds, and and uh, do you want to hear how I'm doing it briefly? Sure. Yeah. Tell us all about it. Okay. I am the cheapest guy you would ever meet. Remember that. <laughs> I don't buy anything. I build everything. So this whole system's homebrew. The antenna that I was telling you about, the one I use here at the house, um, I don't know how much I've got into that. I've got a 10-foot, $10, 8 or $9 spool of quarter-inch copper ice maker tubing. That's what the Yagi's built out of. Enormous bandwidth, by the way, out of that thing. Huge. And return loss is minus 30 to minus 40 dB. It's it's cracking, that antenna. And then the quad I've got probably, I figured there's 20 bucks in that whole antenna. And I hit the birds as hard as anybody on a Leo pack or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I, kid, I kid you not. It works really, really good. 
Now, and it's not too sharp because I found you can actually be too sharp. Um, and it makes uh, positioning very critical where this antenna has enough gain and the pattern is broad enough so that it's not that critical. You know what I mean? Sure. There's there's a happy medium there. Uh, there's a balance you need to find for what suits you, I guess. Um, so I, I have that. And then what I do is I use, believe it or not, I use an RTL SDR dongle as a oh. downlink huh. in, into SDR console. And I run SDR console satellite tracking program. I tried SAP PC32. Don't do it, dude. Yeah. Stay that is an, <laughs> that is an abomination, that program. Yeah. Um, it's a dinosaur. It's unstable. Uh, it's it's garbage, in yeah. my opinion. Um, been there, done that. And I've settled on uh, Simon Brown's uh, software tracking program, SDR console. And it provides Doppler correction. And here's the catch. So my, my downlink is an RTL SDR. And it works great. I don't know why people bash them. I have no problem hearing anybody on this thing. And uh, the uplink is an 857D. Now, here's the, what I wanted to throw at you. Whatever you look for for an uplink radio, this is what I found. You need a radio that will Doppler correct while in TX. The 857 will not. Neither will the 817. Um, the 991 will not. There's a bunch of radios that do 2-meter, 4, 430 sideband that are great for satellite work but they will not doppler correct on while they're in while they're in keyed up so it suspends the correction now on a linear bird the doppler will shift up to 50 hertz per second at apogee approaching wow. apogee so the minute you hit the key you can watch your signal on the pan adapter walk right up the screen i kid you not it's crazy huh so, so the, there's two ways around that one is what I do is you, you talk, you get very proficient at it. <laughs> After a little bit of practice, get yourself a good foot pedal, foot switch. And while you're talking, release the key every cut two or three words when you're approaching Apogee. And it automatically resets and it holds it right there. Um, hmm. That's one, op one option. I tried a Ukrainian transverter with a 7300. Do not even think about doing that. Um, those are mine was 12 kilohertz off frequency and the local oscillator is completely unstable and once you hit it with like two four five watts eight watts it heats up rapidly and it will literally walk right up the pan adapter wow it's it's horrible so the only options are either an older rig like a 910h that will correct while in tx or an HF rig with a high-end transverter, which they're around 600 bucks, but they are worth their weight in gold. Um, I just wanted to throw that whole thing at you because I know there's there's a lot of guys watching my stream and they've been following what's been going on. And I've been basically being tortured here trying to figure out how to solve these issues. So tell me more about your stream. What is it you're doing on your side? Oh, I do all kinds of mess, Denny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everything i stream uh geez builds uh, i do uh, work a lot of events i'll stream the events um all kinds of stuff going on and i try to i haven't been doing it as much lately but um yeah it's fun i've well you're trying to do the same thing i'm doing just building interest in amateur radio and uh, using the tools available that's it that's it. You know, oh, this is what I wanted to tell you just to encourage you. Um, it's something you probably are aware of at this point. I think you are. Uh, first of all, I started doing this because I was working over at the workstation on a project or something. And I thought, geez, I wonder if there's any good ham radio streams around. So I went and walked over to the computer, looked. I really couldn't find anything. There were a couple guys that were that were okay. Um, so... I got thinking, well, geez, you're a photographer, dude. You worked with that stuff. You're a studio person. You could put something together like that. So I went to work. I put together a stream. I started doing that over a year ago, about a year and, I don't know, been doing it about 14 months maybe. And um, <laughs> the number of people on each stream that would chime in and say, hey, I just upgraded my ticket. Hey, 
I just got my uh, entry, my my technician license or my foundation license or something. And all these people, you don't know they're there, but they're watching. And they're inspired by mm. what's going on. Not, not just me, but, right. you know, people like yourself and others that are are doing these types of things that will do things in layman's terms, you know, because there's a lot of great technical stuff out there. Um, That's a little over my head and my eyes kind of glaze over. So, you know, and the most rewarding thing for me is, is, and it's unexpected. I didn't even care if anybody watched it. I was just doing it for fun. Right. Right. That's, I didn't, I, that's the honest truth. I did not care. And all of a sudden I was contacted by all these people that, were inspired to go get their ticket and uh, stuff like that. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's a really neat thing to be involved with. And you don't have to be an expert in anything. No. You know, you know, you just share your experiences. That's basically all I do. That's right. And that's what I want to do is help people share their experiences, tell their story, uh, get fired up about the hobby. And uh, you're doing a great job. Uh, how could people uh, see your simulcast or or see your youtube channel or whatever why don't you give us the address or just uh go to youtube and type in k1gmm that's it okay that's simple and it, <laughs> yep and it will pop up uh and like i always say i don't care i don't do it for money yeah i don't ca- i don't care if you subscribe i don't and that's the truth yeah but if you want to be notified of something coming subscribe and then hit the bell icon and you'll get a notification when I go to to launch something. So that's the only stipulation. I am not monetized. I'm not doing it for money. It's just for fun. Yep. I'm not monetized either. In fact, the commercials you hear on my podcast, I just do them because I believe in what they're doing. I just try and support them. It makes it sound like I've got some big sponsors. I have no sponsors. You know, this is just uh, what I do for fun, and and I'm going to share what I want to share about whoever I want to promote. And so uh, that's kind of the way I do it. Are you now? How do you feel? I got to get your take on this because this this will grate on some people's nerves. I've had people say this to me, and let me ask you this: Have has anybody asked? Well, how do I ask this question? I've had people say to me, Steve, I think you're at the point where you need to go to the next level, where things are so complicated. Like I run, I have multiple screens running simultaneously, three webcams running, audio, I'm running a radio, running the stream, and I got all this stuff going on. And they're like, you really need somebody to handle the production end of things. And and you know what I decided, Denny? I decided I'm going to just keep it tried and true the way I've always been. I'm not going to make that move. I don't care about the production and I call it down and dirty. <laughs> that's, yep. that's what it is. It's down and dirty. And if you don't like it, if you want production, go somewhere else. Yeah. But I was, I was wondering if you have been think, how do you feel about that? Cause the production end is really nice, but it's just not me. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. It's, it's not me either. I've, I've had people suggest that I go to video and, Video is so much work. I don't have a camera. I don't have the resources to buy all this gear to do it like some of the other guys do, and they do a great job of it, and uh, I commend them and support them. But I just want to keep it simple. I'm I'm a minimalist. I mean, I live on 15 acres on a hill. Ask me what kind of antenna I've got. It's an end-fed long-wire antenna. I have no towers. I have no beams. I can't afford them. I'm retired. I'm just doing what I can with what I've got, enjoying the tools and I'm just trying to make radio fun again, not just for myself, but for others that might stumble across it. And the way I look at what I do, it's it's like fishing. I'm not a fisherman, but I know fishermen. And I know all that they invest in being a fisherman, the boat, the uh, lures, the rods, and all that kind of stuff. And they go out there and they have lures for a particular kind of fish. They're not going to catch them all, but they're going to catch some good ones. Well, it's like what I consider what I'm doing here with my podcast and my efforts. I'm not going to catch them all. I may catch only a very few, but I'm just casting. Every day I'm casting out there with the hopes that maybe someone will stumble across it that's not a ham and think, hey, this sounds pretty cool. I think I should do this, you know. That's that's really pretty simple. 
Yeah, and uh, you caught me because I got popcorn in my teeth. <laughs> yeah. See, I, to- I told you I'm, I'm, it's down and dirty here, dude. I don't hey, care. Hey, this is reality yeah. radio for me, too. You know, you've got all these reality TV shows and stuff. I thought, hey, how about some reality radio? Uh, I'm just having fun, and it's just as real as it can get. I'm not going to do a lot of editing to this. Uh, people are going to listen in and think, you know, these guys are just real guys. And uh, it will hopefully attract them into this hobby of ours. It, it, that's exactly right. And I just saw it, looked up at the chat. Chris uh, Dameron said, I like this guy, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's listening to you, you know. So um, there was some, oh, I always say this, at usually at the end of the streams, uh, most of the streams, I say, if you're not having fun, you need to go find something else to do. You know, people make such a big deal and they're so serious about about this. And I'm like, you guys, it's a hobby. Yeah, it's not a profession. It's a hobby. That's why it's called amateur radio. It's not now granted some are people. Some people are working in the electronics and uh, uh, radio industry. I, I understand that. But, you know, we're we're amateurs and. If you're not having fun, and that's the thing, you need to get the. I think a bunch of us need to get together, and we need to start a movement called, I don't know, uh, the joy of getting the joy back in ham radio. You know, getting the fun back and getting. It's fine to be technical. Yeah, you got to learn how to build antennas. Blah blah blah. Make systems work. That's a given. That comes with the the process, right? Yep. But, but um. Well, did you ever hear what the word amateur really stands for? <clears throat> no, I didn't. Go ahead. It's not amateur, meaning less experience or uh, what low quality or whatever. It means love of. And, uh, in fact, when we had this uh, interview with Eric, uh, 4Z1UG of the uh, QSO Today show, uh, I heard him share in his own personal story as he was interviewed that uh, in Hebrew, it stands for Hovave Radio, and that's what we need to do is is bring back Hovave Radio, love of radio again, uh, in all of its forms, and that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm nobody special. I'm not. I'm not important in, in any stretch of the imagination. I'm just another guy, but I'm using all the tools at my disposal best I can to help tell other stories and build interest in amateur radio, just like you. In fact, I'd love it if we could work together in accomplishing some of these goals. That that would be fun if for any reason I can dump everything on you and just let you do it. <laughs> well, I think what we should do is just have regular uh, interviews here, just uh, pick a subject and have some conversation. You could stream it and, you know, let's just see where it goes. Uh, I think we work well together. I would do that any time. I would I would push a stream here. Uh, I could come in and be a fly on the wall, or I can, you know, um, I would love that. Uh, I'm surprised there's actually people in on the chat, and the response is actually overwhelming. Well, that's great. It's, it's really good. Uh, a couple of guys, uh, they're still here. Now that I say that, it'll it'll sound like crickets. <laughs> Well, but, being but, live stream, it's it's unedited. <clears throat> it's uh, it's as real as it can get, and uh, I really don't plan on editing any of this conversation we're having. I'm just going to put it out there as one of my main uh, podcasts and uh, see where it goes. So uh, I am so glad that I got to work you on the bird and uh, reconnect with you again. This is going to be fun. That I I'm going to go ahead and say that this, but there's a reason for everything. Yeah, absolutely. And, I know and, where you come from. <laughs> yep, and I know that I ran into you for a reason. Yeah. And we know what that reason is. Yeah, uh, you bet. Because, I, you know, where did you come from? I mean, I, I I, normally don't look people up on QRZ, but I thought, huh, I wonder what that guy's name is. <laughs> so I put you into QRZ, and I went, wait a minute, Arkansas, I know him, but the call didn't match, you know? So right. there you go. Right. Um. It was just a gut thing that where I said, oh, I wonder what. I try to get the names of most of the people I work into the log, right. so I can so I can address them by name. You know, it's it's not yeah. so cold. Hey, I got a quick question for you. Uh, do you still have a minute? Yeah, I got all the time in the world. Okay, 
Uh, you mentioned you have an NFED. Yes. Now, let me hit this, hit you with this. I have, I just, this was about a week ago, I got, uh, put a 49 to 1 on a quarter wave NFED 160 meter inverted L. Uh, I've been I ran that last year and it was a fun antenna. Uh, first contact I made was five watts on FTA into Italy on 160 meters. That thing works gangbusters on a with a 160 meter folded counterpoise. Uh, Steve Ellington's design there that folded counterpoise he runs underneath those things. So I decided, well, I want to multiband that thing. So I, I was reading I think it may have been Steve Ellington somewhere where they take a 49 to one install a relay and use it as a quarter wave 160L or an 80 meter half wave um, multiband. And you can get 11 bands on it, and I do. Now, I gotta ask you this, how is, what, what length is that antenna? And is it an 80 meter half wave or something like that? And how is it on 30 meters? Cause I'm telling you, Denny, that thing on 30 is, is crazy good don't ask me but it's a little out unfortunately on 75 40 and 20 30 it's flat and absolutely kicks butt it's a phenomenal antenna mm. on 30 meters uh 17 15 12 10 and 6 um so i got basically 80 through 6 i never check check 60 on it 60 meters but right. how it yeah, tell me about what you have going there, and how is it on 30? I'm just curious. The one I have is a My Antennas antenna, and it's uh, advertised as a five-band, and it is it is just a rocking antenna. I don't really need an, a tuner on it at all on the four or five main bands that it's supposed to work on, and I get it to work on others with my tuner, and I make good contacts with it, and it's it's pretty much invisible. Nobody really knows I've got one. Uh, but I'm very pleased with it. And again, finances are part of the reason. If I had a lot of money, I probably would put up a big tower and maybe a big beam. But but I've got limited income here, and that doesn't slow me down a bit in having fun in ham radio. So, you know, some people that are thinking, well, you know, that's a nice hobby for rich people. No, no, you can go so cheap and have just as much fun. And I think it's more of a challenge, actually, if you can do things as a minimalist with low power and uh, it's a bigger thrill when you do make a contact. I mean, look what's happening with FT8 and, and similar digital modes. You can do it with next to no power. Some people do it through a light bulb in their window. It's incredible <laughs> and make these contacts all over the world. So it's not about money. It's about creativity. And I know you're the kind of guy that uh, saves a lot of money by doing stuff yourself. And, of course, that's how you learn about all the aspects of radio communications and the science of it. Uh, it's just a blast. I mean, like with uh, satellites. I was working, uh, I think it was AO92, with an elevation of less than four degrees here last week. And I made four solid contacts. And one of my friends told me, he said, would you realize what you did there? He said, if you hold your hand up to the horizon, uh, mm -hmm. one finger is five degrees that satellite at that point would be 2,500 kilometers away. And if you had someone yep. working it from the other side with two watts through a bird that's only got 250 milliwatts, you could work somebody 5,000 kilometers away. That just blows my mind. That is inc that's incredible. That's foreign to me because yeah. of where I, where I live. Right. Uh, there's, there's no way. Yeah. Uh, but that begs... The question, when am I going to get to work on the portable system? This 857 is built into a box. It's basically a briefcase. It's got a mini PC, 9-inch, um, 10-inch, uh, 10-inch um, TFT display built into the cover. Uh, runs pretty much everything I need for ham radio. Um, I can run FT8, you name it. Uh, what the, what else does it have in there? Oh, it's got all the all the controllers for the rotators. I build uh, these portable rotators out of 12 volt DC motors and PVC plumbing pipe. Um, they work great. You can spin all kinds of antennas. Uh, I spin the mag loop with it. I have the mag loop controller built into the box. So you know I need to build something for satellite work. 
that's portable, I can go up on the mountain because that's, you mentioned something, you got to get low right. to the horizon. That's where you'll pick up the really good stuff. I can't do it from here. I have more luck with the low ones than I do the high <clears throat> ones. The high ones, Excuse they me. just, uh, just I don't know. I don't get the quality audio. I don't get the quality contacts. It's when it's lower in the horizon that I do the best. Isn't that weird? <laughs> we, uh, Jared and I, W4ZXT, we talk about this all the time. The um, the overhead passes are difficult, aren't they? Are. They, they, are. they can be. And sometimes we call, we call them whirly birds. <laughs> and and that's, that's why, you know, the system I built for here at the house, it can actually, you can spin it elevation wise, 360 degrees if the coax would let you. Right. That's how it's, that's how it's designed, right? Right. So what I found is when the satellite is approaching apogee, what I do, because I, I'm, I don't, I don't have autonomous rotator systems here. So, and what I use is a CCTV camera out on a tree to look <laughs> at the antenna. So I know where it's pointed <laughs> and it works. It works incredibly well. And uh, everything's at the flip of a switch right here next to me on my left side in the shack. So I just look up at the screen. I see the antenna. So when it approaches Apogee, you know, what I found is I, I go sheer vertical on the overhead passes. And having the antenna, the ability to tilt the antenna from side to side takes out that problem of the whirlybird effect where... I don't know if the satellite's doing something weird. Polarization changes yeah. on these. Yeah. You know, and so when the it goes overhead, like, I don't know, uh, 30 seconds before Apogee, I just start turning it. And I turn it 180 degrees, and I'm ready for it to come down the other side. Now, sometimes I have to flip the switch and tilt it the other way. And boom. And I never lose it the entire pass, hold it the entire pass. Huh. So there's... There's little tips and tricks, you know, that are cheap. Yeah, yeah. I, I think these were the Channel Master I bought from Radio Shack before they went out for $39, I think. And uh, the other two rotators, the pitch rotator and the elevation rotator, there's $26 in motors. The rest is nothing but PVC. And I, you're going to love this. Um, I, I was looking for some kind of drive shaft to drive it. So I, I was looking at a piece of copper tubing and I put a mic caliper on it. And lo and behold, that thing is roughly five eighths OD on half inch copper. It's roughly five eighths OD, very, very close. So I got looking around on Amazon and I found, you're gonna love this, go-kart wheel bearings that are five eighths ID and one inch, uh, one in just a little bit more than one and three eighths OD. Now, if you take a piece of one inch PVC and you stick a and you take a one inch PVC coupler, that inside diameter on that coupler is one and three eighths inches. So all you have to do is take a Dremel tool and just Dremel out a little bit, slap that bearing into it, put a little uh, glue on it. Uh, push the bearing in and there's your thrust bearing for the drive shaft so you stick the motor in a one and a half inch pvc step it down and uh boom you've got an instant 12 volt dc rotator runs off the power supply wow you are creative <laughs> i'm a freak of nature yeah that's, that's but, what people say they're like how do you come up with stuff like that but, yeah well know. you must be an engineer at heart huh now you know my wife tortures me. She says, you missed your calling. See, that yeah. that's another thing I was going to mention to you regarding this whole thing about amateur radio. Um, I am a kinesthetic learner. I learn by doing. Mm -hmm. I am not book smart. I'm and this is not false humility. I'm, I'm dumber in a fence post when it comes to being book smart. Never did well in school. But my wife told me, she says, you learn a different way. Right. And that's not that's not how the public school is designed to teach. Right. They don't know how to teach somebody like you. So, you know, I can see something and I can replicate. I can figure out how to build it out of parts and pieces and scraps mechanically. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's just something I've always been able to do. And I have like a photographic memory. But 
you know, I don't know much about electronics at all, just enough to be pretty dangerous. But yeah, she's she's always telling me, she says, you should have been an engineer. And I said, well, I was never good in math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a bust. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Well, you know, I think uh, next time we get together and do one of these little QSOs, uh, we'll get your feed URL, and I'll post it in my Digicom Cafe group on Facebook and my personal deal. we got over 1,000 people in the Facebook group. I've got close to 4,000 now on my personal Facebook uh, account. Uh, we'll get the word out there, and we'll start uh, utilizing your resources to help promote amateur radio and have some fun. Well... You know, I'll just leave it here, Denny. Any, and the guys are harping on me because I don't have a Christmas tree up. <laughs> so, so I just put my Grinch glasses on. So I have my Grinch Grinch glasses on for the stream. You'll see them at the end of the stream. So <laughs> okay, um, I got to get some garland. I don't know. I got to get something up in here. This is like sterile, you know. Um, but yeah, anything I can do. You know, just tell me. Yeah. Tell me, you know, give me a, if you want to stick to a rigid format, um, I will do that. And uh, I have no problem. I am I can follow no problem, Denny. So, yeah, no, not, we not just let problem. it happen. I'm not uh, I'm not that big of a leader either. I just uh, let it let it roll. Let it happen. And uh, it's been more enjoyable for me. Just like today, I said, I'm going to work some satellites and I'm going to contact somebody that I make a contact with and see if I can get an interview and see where it goes. And I've had two wonderful QSOs after the fact here today with some wonderful guys, and uh, it just made my day. So thank you so much for reaching out and contacting me, Steve. Hey, my pleasure, Denny, and uh, I'll let you go. I'm looking at the time. Wow, my yeah. daughter's going to be home soon. Yeah, we've been at this for a while. Yeah, it's been a, an hour, according to my recording here on Audacity. So I'll have to get through with this and uh, get this put together for uh, posting it here this afternoon or this evening. So and I got some stuff I got to get done too before my wife gets back. So I will say 73. And uh, again, greetings to all of your friends that are listening on your live feed. Uh, come join me in the digicomcafe.com or on Facebook and uh, let yourself be known. Uh, we will enjoy the fellowship and together we can all help build interest in amateur radio. So, God bless, Steve, and we'll do this again real soon. Okay, sounds good, Denny. And if you, last thing before I uh, hit the kill button, if you if you need any of the video from the stream once it renders and pushes to YouTube, and you want to bring it in for some reason, or just grab it, I don't care. Um, that's that's free for the taking. I, I don't care. So, I I will uh, get the uh, link. Uh, if you want to send it to me, too, and I'll put the link in the show notes to what you're doing. <coughs> and uh, I'll share your video in our Facebook group and uh, bring in a lot of new uh, watchers for you. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no problem. All right, Denny, I'll catch you later. Uh, God bless, my friend. We'll we'll catch up with you soon, hopefully. Thanks, thanks for uh, inviting me in. You bet. And as we say on the bird, K1GMM, this is K5DCC Echo Mike 36. <laughs> See, see you, Danny K1GMM, Fox November 33. 73. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. Thank you for visiting and listening to this radio on the Rocks Cafe cast. This podcast can be heard on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher apps, plus the embedded anchor.fm widget at digicomcafe.com. You can also listen to all of our cafe casts on your Amazon devices by asking Alexa to play radio on the Rocks. Now. Please stand by for a word from one of our sponsors. Is there somebody that you know that's trying to get their ham ticket? Trying to ham test online. It's easy. There's no drudgery to it. There's no dread to it. And right now you can get the technician exam study guide. That's normally $29.95. And right now, during this sale price, it's only $19.95. That's right. That's the technical study guide for the tech license for HamTest Online. Now, let them log in to HamTest Online and let them follow the program study guide. They'll get their ticket in a matter of a few days. 
Right now, the price is reduced to $19.95. So get online. And if you've already got all of your tickets, then ham it forward by buying this study program for someone who's trying and wants to get into ham radio. HamTestOnline.com. That's HamTestOnline.com.